Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you usually listen to me on Spotify and you've not been getting my latest episodes, click the Spotify link in the description so you can follow the updated podcast feed. Welcome friends to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a story involving $10,000. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is becoming a bad mom to teach my kids a lesson. Children have always been said to be a blessing, and while that's very true, I also believe that without proper discipline, they can turn out to be the biggest jerks ever. I'm 37 years old and I'm married to my husband Connor who's 40. We have three kids together, Matt 17, Jeannie 15, and Luca 13. These are all fake names but their ages are real. As a kid, I was a model child to my parents. It wasn't because I had to be, I just didn't have a rebellious bone in my body. We weren't exactly religious but being raised in a very small town that was mainly Christian, meant that we were attending Christian schools and doing things according to the customs. My siblings and I got along really well, mainly because we stayed out of each other's businesses and covered for ourselves when we needed to. Sure, we did have the occasional sibling squabble, because there were five of us and we did get in each other's ways sometime, but we knew how to take care of things really quickly before anyone else would find out. Things only reached our parents when they got out of hand, which rarely ever happened. Because of how young I was when I started school, by the age of 16 I'd already started community college to study journalism. I met my now husband who was 19 at the time and we hit it off immediately. I graduated from uni at 19 and was married the next month after my high school graduation. Connor had a job as a truck driver and made enough money to support a family as a young man. Plus, he also inherited his grandparents place in El Paso, Texas, so we moved states to live there. To say that I was excited to start my own family would be an understatement. I love the way my parents loved each other enough to get married so young and have all their children barely a year apart. We literally grew up with each other and it made for a lovely family dynamic. My husband had a very different, almost opposite upbringing, but he was a very positive person and embraced change really well, so we were equally excited to build a family together. I found out that I'd gotten pregnant exactly 3 months to my 20th birthday, and 6 months later, I had my first son, Matt. The pregnancy and birth was really smooth and my entire family, as well as my husband, were there for me. I healed up quickly enough to take care of my newborn son, and because of how easily the pregnancy and birth were, I decided almost immediately that I wanted a huge family, 7 or 9 kids at least. Now that I think back, I'm sure it was baby brain that made me speak like that. I nearly go crazy every day with just three kids. Connor was a little more realistic, and although he didn't outrightly tell me no, 
He also reminded me that kids cost a lot of money. At the time, I didn't care much, but as the kids grew, I started to see reason. Matt didn't really give any issues until he turned one. He began to fall sick nearly all the time, and we stayed at the hospital a lot. It stressed me out, especially as I had to deal with a lot of it on my own. Because of the nature of his job, Connor was away a lot. I started to fall ill a lot as well, and I self-diagnosed it as either a common cold or the flu, taking over-the-counter pills and treating myself. It wasn't until I fainted and a friend found me and took me to the hospital that I realized I was actually three months pregnant. I gave birth to Jeannie exactly two months after I had Matt on the same date and it was endearing. Immediately Matt expressed his distaste for his sister. Initially I thought it was just a toddler's thing. After all he was barely two and still loved being the center of mommy's attention. I was so wrong because right from Jeannie's birth it was like her brother wanted to kill her. He would cry for hours on end for me to return her, refusing to eat until he fell asleep in a pool of his own snot. Sometimes if I ever left Jeannie alone, I would come back to find her falling victim to her brother's antics. One time he put toothpaste all over her face and body, telling me that her mouth smelled bad and he was just helping her clean it. Jeannie didn't even have teeth at the time. What made it a little sadder was that Jeannie absolutely adored her brother. As they got older, she got into a lot of trouble on his behalf. As a parent, it really concerned me, but I was advised to let her learn on her own. After Luca, I decided that I didn't want any more kids. Connor was on board with this decision, mainly because kids were a lot and he didn't want me to have any more on my hands than I already did. He wasn't around as much and having any more kids would mean more work for me. Matt was still the jerk of a child to his siblings, but Jeannie and Luca were glued together at the hip. Once Luca was old enough to get up to trouble, he and his sister made sure to make me yell my lungs out. Like any other parent, my husband and I love our kids to bits and would give the entire world for them. We made sure to tell them these things every day, and we make sure to show them as well. As they got older and their personalities formed, Matt turned out to be the jerk I guessed he was. Jeannie was more kind and quiet, meek until she was angry enough to blow. Of course, she loved her brothers, especially Luca, and protected him. Luca was a bit of a clumsy little talkative and used to get teased a lot until Jeannie got all his bullies in trouble for it. She was very thoughtful and I had no problem giving her a lot more responsibilities than her older brother. As he grew, Matt made his father and I concerned. He got into trouble a lot at school, being unruly for no reason, and making trouble with people that were smaller than him. I had no idea about his antics for a while, because he made his sister pretend to be me when they called home on his behalf. I tried to talk to Matt, get his father to talk to him, his aunts, uncles, and grandparents, but it all ended the same way, with a promise to do better, and then doing worse. In 8th grade, Matt's grades started to suffer greatly. We thought it was because he had a hard time understanding the teachers, so we took him to check if he had any developmental setbacks. He tested negative for ADD and ADHD, and the psychiatrist let us know that he was actually a very normal child. He was just stubborn and wanted to annoy everyone around him. I went the extra mile to offer to tutor Matt because I taught in his school and took a few classes for the grades above him. Nothing seemed to be changing. 
except the fact that his younger siblings took it as a sign to begin rebelling and stressing me the freak out. I read every parent and self-help book that I could find in the library and I applied it all, but still nothing seemed to change. I tried being kinder, stricter, nonchalant and everything in between, but my kids paid me no attention. It depressed me for a while because motherhood was my entire life and it had begun to feel like I was failing at it. My husband and friends tried to comfort me, but it felt like they didn't understand at all where I was coming from. After all, my husband was barely home, and when he did eventually come home for a few days or weeks, the kids somehow put on their best behaviors for him. Most of my friends were either just starting out with being moms, or their kids didn't give them as much trouble. I felt bad even comparing my kids with those of my friends, or myself and my siblings when we were younger, but I couldn't help it. I came to the conclusion that maybe I was being too much of a good mother to my kids, so it made them start to lose touch with the real world. After all, they had no real responsibilities besides going to school. I made breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day while doing all of their laundry and cleaning up after them. Even with all the things they weren't doing, they got lunch money and their allowance every week, no question. Maybe I was enabling their behaviors. But it had to come to an end because I didn't want to be the mother that raised three jerks. I had tried to talk to them about their behaviors a few times earlier, but my kids all told me in their own lingo that they're grown enough not to need policing around from me. It wasn't something I was used to, so I had to start small. I made sure to announce that I wasn't going to be doing anyone's laundry but my own anymore. Of course, they ignored me until they had nothing to wear anymore. It was hilarious watching all three of them figure out how to use a washing machine on their own. Once they had gotten the hang of it, I let go of doing chores like doing the dishes, taking out the trash, and cleaning up their rooms. I didn't say anything to them until the kitchen started to stink after days of an overflowing trash can. They figured it out all on their own, even assigning days to each other that they could start taking the trash out. The last thing I did was a little hard for me, especially as my own mother had never used it against her children, but I had to remember that my siblings and I were different from my children. I stopped cooking breakfast and making lunch for my kids, leaving their own feeding in their hands. Sometimes I ordered a pizza or Chinese for myself and locked myself in my bedroom, pretending not to notice when they would walk past my room a million times. It did take them a while to realize they could not take care of themselves on their own, and for the first time in my life, I watched my three children, two teenagers and one preteen, work together. They cornered me one day to apologize for whatever they had done to make me stop cooking for them. I used that opportunity to have a long talk with them, letting them know that I would not continue to do anything in a house where I would not be appreciated. I was surprised that they listened to me at all and it definitely did take some getting used to, but my kids figured out that not being crappy was much better for everyone. Unfortunately for Matt, he had slacked off really badly in school, and he couldn't go forward from 11th grade to 12th. He had to redo the class again because he completely failed. It was all I could do to comfort him while also letting him know that this was just the consequence of his own action. For the entire time that I transformed myself from super mom to super terrible mom, my husband stood by me through my all, assuring me that I was doing the right thing. 
He played the good cop to my kids, promising to talk to me after every time they called him to complain. It still feels weird that I got revenge on my kids for being jerks, because, I mean, they're kids. But it worked wonders. Matt's repeating 11th grade, and he's doing better than ever. Being in the class as his younger sister is really humbling for him. Jeannie and Luca are my precious little best friends again, and although Matt still teases them, I can say that it's mostly harmless now. Of course, they're young, and I expect them to screw up a couple more ways over the next few years of their lives, but they'll always think twice before they're jerks to me or anyone else ever again. I mean, this is great because if your kids are growing up to be spoiled, entitled, sometimes what you need to do is just pull back that curtain and let them realize that there is a lot of stuff being done for them every single day. And if they want to act stuck up and spoiled, well, maybe they can see if they want to keep acting that way when they have to be the one doing everything. If your kid was on the brink of failing class, though, and was acting super spoiled and entitled, and you could jump in, do the work for them, and save them so they wouldn't flunk, would you save them, or would you let them fail to let them learn a lesson? Let me know what you guys would do in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is he wanted $10,000, I left him sick and broke. When I was 15, I realized that my dad hates me. And I know that a lot of teenagers tend to be that way, but for me, it wasn't just the usual oh, he's so strict, he hates me type of emotion. It was actually valid hatred. That was the year that my mom died, and although he'd been heavily abusive all my life, it felt like when my mom died, something inside him completely snapped, and he just couldn't stand me. But I was his responsibility, at least legally, so he couldn't push me out of his house. After all, it wouldn't look good for a church leader. Although he couldn't escape from living with me, my dad made sure I couldn't escape the living heck situation. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Every other day, he would remind me that I pushed my mom to end things. And sometimes he'd throw in a nice round of good-for-nothing waste-of-space genre of insults. But I accepted every last insult because I knew he was right. If I hadn't told my mom about him cheating on her, she would have remained in her bubble of ignorance and not been pushed so much to drink that she became depressed. But I don't regret telling her as much as I regret the fact that the one time I got her to listen to me, I wasted it on a subject like my dad. All my life, 
I'd wondered what exactly I did wrong in the baby warehouse to be assigned to parents like mine. But when my mom died, my dad stopped being my dad. Quite literally. He told me he wasn't my father, and my mom had come back pregnant after running off early in their relationship. Why did she run? He accidentally hit her, and she didn't want to stick around to find out if it was an accident or a habit in progress. Of course, I came to that conclusion on my own, but all my dad told me was that he had convinced her that he would sign the papers and make me his legally if she decided to marry him and never tell the church about the slap. He was a 36-year-old youth leader in the church, and he was climbing the corporate ladder, but my mom was 24 and barely educated. She knew that the odds of having a better life were slim, and she didn't want to find out how slim they were, so she obviously decided to be with him. And I was paying for it 15 years later. When my therapist asks, I don't say it was the hardest year of my life anymore, because now I realize that every year I spent living with the man was as difficult as the last. My tolerance level just got higher and higher until it was non-existent. He had lost his trophy wife at such a young age, and my dad wanted me to suffer like he was. One night while chugging a bottle of vodka after getting home from a Bible study, my dad told me that I was the last connection he had to his wife, and until he died, I belonged to him. And I think we both really believed that. I felt I was the sacrificial lamb for my mother's sins, and he probably thought so too. First it was side comments about my weight and the fact that I wear glasses as soon as I open my eyes. Then it became cruel comments like accusing me of my mother's death and isolating me from anyone who wasn't a member of the church. He didn't want me to spread my bad spirit to other people, but at the end of everything, he was the one who brought the bad energy into the house, and it came in the form of his new girlfriend. They met at an out-of-town work meeting he had, and if I'd known that it was the last peaceful weekend I would have, I probably would have done more than going to Chipotle. My father's girlfriend was a widow, but that was the only thing they had in common. She wasn't religious, she didn't hold herself to any moral pedestal like my dad did, but she didn't drink or smoke. I'd heard her tell him to drop his bottle or cigarette before coming upstairs more than once. And up until the day I had my revenge, I didn't understand what connected them to each other, beyond sleeping with each other of course, and they had a lot of it, loudly. But other than having loud, highly inappropriate sex, my dad and his girlfriend were more different than any two people I've ever met. So you can imagine how surprised I was when he announced that she was moving in in a month after they met. And yes, it was an announcement because my dad never suggested anything to me. It was an order or a declaration, nothing in between. And that's when we became three and life got even worse. I was 17 with zero prospects for college since my dad said it was expensive enough to feed and house me and I could work to raise money for college and I was living with my dad and his girlfriend. I don't know if he was trying to prove a point to her or convince himself of something else but as soon as she moved in, my dad took his meanness to a new level. He would trash the house every night and wake me up to clean it before he left for work in the morning and on Bible study days when I slept in, I was woken up with a cigarette burn on my calf. There was nothing ideal about the way I was living, and my dad's girlfriend didn't bother doing anything other than looking the other way while he threw glass cups, remotes, and whatever was close to his reach. 
and I didn't blame her for not caring because the first day we met, my dad had gone to pick up some wine for them to share and I told her that I'd killed my mother and she needed to be careful around the house. At the time, I was saying it to protect myself in case she got ideas about it being abusive like my dad, but it had the opposite extreme effect and she avoided me like the plague. The abuse and negligence continued until I was 18 and I qualified for a scholarship the church organized for part tuition at a college that was about two cities away. I had saved up from working tech support at the mall and I had enough to apply for freshman year, but I couldn't allow myself to feel optimistic for a bright future or any type of a future because my dad was evil and I was right to think so. I broke the news to him one morning and the first thing he said was, why did they choose you? and I knew exactly what he was thinking. He was an elder in the church, and that meant a lot of the planning and decision passed through his circle of friends. But the scholarship had been organized by former members of the youth body, and they didn't need authorization from the elders when it came to selecting their recipients. I had checked and asked a million questions to be sure that I had a fighting chance before applying in the first place. So I took pride in the fact that I would successfully done something that didn't involve my dad and it was something he couldn't control in any way possible. But he found something to control, me. When I didn't answer his question, my dad said, that's great for you but I hope you realize that you have to pay me for all the debt you owe. I was confused. Then he explained that I owed him for the 18 years I'd been living in his house for free and all the groceries he'd paid for and the gas he used in transporting me everywhere and everywhere meant to church and that one time he took me to the hospital when he accidentally pushed me against the staircase and I had a huge gash on my forehead. When my only response was that, but you're my dad, he was quick to remind me that it was only on paper and that gave me the perfect idea for my revenge. I was 18 years old, I didn't have a personal phone, and the only kids my age that liked me were the kids that let me hit their blunts in the bleachers during lunch. All the friends I had in freshman year of high school had left me behind when news of my mom's ending things spread across town. Even at work in the mall, I was never invited for any of the drinks after we close out or watch football at XYZ's house's plans. I was alone, and as you can imagine, I didn't want to be. But my dad's clause was I either paid $10,000 to him every year or he would report me to the police for theft. I felt lost, but my dad's girlfriend was the one who eventually showed me a way out of the mess that was my life, and she didn't even know it. For all his drinking and abuse and warped approach to religion, My dad was very successful at work, and that meant he could pay off his mortgage and treat himself to a very expensive vintage car that did nothing but sit in the garage. But you get my point, he had money and she knew it. He was too drunk out of his mind whenever he was home, but I was sober enough to notice that his checkbook got lighter every time he wiped out for the night, and his girlfriend's knuckles and earlobes spotted more diamonds over the years. The math was quite easy. She was stealing from him every time he blacked out drunk. And because he prided himself on being objective, my dad never accused me of stealing from him because he was right-handed and a change in his signature would have been too obvious. And because he couldn't imagine that his perfect replacement trophy wife-to-be would steal from him, she got away with it. 
My dad had been trying to get her to marry him for over a year when things went south. She had refused to get baptized in the church, and my dad was too far gone in his obscured idea of religion to marry someone who wasn't baptized. Never mind that he was sleeping with her every other day. So they stayed in a relationship that was going nowhere, and he fooled himself into thinking he was spoiling her when he couldn't even remember half the checks he signed for the spoiling. I was still trying to figure out a way to cut loose from my dad and go to college that summer when he fell ill. It was quick and it was brutal. My 282 pound weighing dad dropped to 150 in about a week after he was diagnosed with chronic bronchitis. He couldn't go to work or do much else and it didn't take very long for her to leave. She told him that she was going to visit her mother and she just never came back. But I stayed because he was my dad. I deferred my admission to the fall semester and nursed my dad. I drove him to his hospital appointments and cleaned up after him and made sure he used his meds. And I thought it would convince him to let me go without any financial handcuffs. But I was stupid. He started feeling better two months after she left. And I brought up the topic of my college admission and scholarship. And he told me none of that was his business and I only had to stick with his rules. That was the undoing. A debt after staying by him when he was literally dying? I was furious and I knew it had to end. A debt could be two-way after all. He relapsed two months later and the first thing I did was confirm my enrollment for the fall semester. Then I met up with one of the bleacher kids to buy something heavy and trippy. And after selling them, the boy told me the pills would change my life. He probably meant it casually, but it was literal for me. When I gave my dad his pills that night, none of it was recommended. I told him he could have one bottle of beer and it would be our little secret because the doctors made it clear that alcohol would have contradictions with his pills. He was happy to drink after several months and he told me I was starting to be more like him. And maybe he did something right when he decided to keep me around. I smiled and told him I would never abandon him. But what I didn't add is that I would never abandon him without taking everything I could from him. The moment I made up my mind to get revenge, it was like all the anger I'd pushed back was growing twice as tall. Barely five minutes after he used the beer to chase down enough hallucinogens to last a heavy user for a week, my dad was hysterical in his room. And then I got the actual revenge in motion. I used a tracing paper to lift his signature and wrote out a check for $18,000 to myself, one for each year of my miserable life. Then I went to my room and grabbed all the bags I'd packed earlier in the week and threw them into his beloved antique car. I went back inside and calmed him down until he was rocking in the corner of his bed. He looked pitiful, but I had no pity left for him. When he woke up the next morning, I told him his girlfriend had come back looking for him the previous night and he told her to take his checkbook because he was scared I would do something. The drugs hadn't worn off and he looked confused but he nodded along. And then I put the finishing touch on my plan. I got really teary and told him I was never going to be good enough for him and since his girlfriend had decided to come back, I would get out of his way. Then I told him I would send the first $10,000 before his next hospital appointment. He was still looking dazed, but I could tell that he understood what I said because his wrinkly face was smirking. So I left the house, driving his prized vintage car. 
It's been three years and the church contacted me a few months ago to tell me that he had died and I can finally stop looking over my shoulder. What happened here is definitely a lot, but OP I would say has been pretty much a tortured soul for a long time. I mean, let alone the treatment from their father, but just being outcast basically from the entire community. I'm definitely not going to endorse what OP did here, but I don't know if it's too crazy considering all the years of things he had to go through up until that point. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.